This is Tracy. And this is Kurt. And this is the MFG cast. Welcome to another board game edition of the MFG cast. We're going to be talking about two player games and we're going to be talking about strictly two player games. Like not these like, oh, they play two to 10 players. No, two player game. That is it. It's boom. It hits it. It's on the line. There's no going back. I don't know where I was going. Do you <laughs> do you have to use that voice? Yes, I when do. When it's strictly. There's no when it's... going back. Bum, bum, bum. When it is a game that can be played more than two players, you have to go, Oh, I played the game as a two-player game, but it can be played as four. Yes. No? Okay. Yep, that's what okay. you can do. The reason why we're talking about this is because, uh, what, six months ago? Nine months ago? Something like that? I downloaded BG Step. Uh-huh. Yep. Is it stat or stats? BJ stats. B what? BJ. <laughs> I love it. You don't even know what I'm saying. You're right next to me. BG no, stats. It sounded like you said something else. BJ stats. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm gonna. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, and uh, we set up some challenges for ourselves at the beginning of this year. And what were those challenges? Well, one of them was. It, now I'm looking back at it, going, "Gosh, this is really easy." One of them that we're talking about today, actually, we'll just talk about the one that we set up for today. What okay. do you think? Sure. Why not, not? Not for today, but yeah. one that we set up is uh, a 10 by 1, meaning 10 games, play them once throughout the entire year. Yep. We can play them more than once, but it's only going to... No, strictly one time. Yes. Uh, we're not allowed to play anymore, but we'll track our plays. And um, it will log us as completing that gameplay for 10 one plays of 10 strictly two-player games. Wow. That, that was went, really... <laughs> that went all over the place. That was awesome. <laughs> that was lots of numbers. That went around the and... earth and through our ears and look where like, we came it out. It was like a shooting star. Yes. Anyway... So yeah, so this is why this is why we decided to talk about two player <laughs> games. I explain it again. No, I love it. We're keeping it uh, and cut. That sucked. But uh, this is going to be kind of like a part one of two, basically. So we're going to talk about the first five games that we played that are strictly two player games, and in no particular order. That's right. Should we list them right away, or should we just go through them one by one? Let's go one by one. All right. So what's... we'll leave it as a suspenseful Ooh, conversation. Suspense, and Ooh. unless they read, unless they read what this is about, and I'll probably just say what they are. Well, whatever. 
Yeah. But they won't know like what order we're talking about. Then. That's true. You'll See, I'm never just know. trying to mix it up. I bum, bum, bum. Anyway. So. So what's it, the first one on the docket to talk about? Ooh, is this going to be a mystery to you too? Yeah, mystery. Tell Let's me. Let's talk about Jaipur. Whoa, I am blown away. I am. Can't believe it. So Jaipur, I think, actually was the first one that we put to the table for this challenge. Oh, that's right. Um, for those of you who have not played Jaipur, again, strictly a two-player game mm-hmm. where you're collecting medals and not not just strictly medals, not merchandise. What word am I looking for? Products? No. Materials? Yeah, probably materials. materials. Yeah. See, I wanted to use an M word for some reason. You're collecting materials... <laughs> And groups for points. So you're using camels to collect and trade in for um, to get stacks of coins or not coins. Well, just points, basically. And you're playing different rounds. And I don't know how much detail you want to go into. Yeah, basically, you're just trading and trading and selling goods to be the goods. Most, the, I want to say materials. The wealthiest merchant. Yeah, it's a set collection game, so you're trying to get certain sets that you can of these cards to put out, so you can get those, so you can get certain points or whatever. So like, kind of like victory points for for trading in your gold or your what is it, rubies or silver, di- like diamonds, things like that that you're going to be trading in, and depending on the good. Some goods are worth more than others. Mm-hmm. And then when certain amounts of stacks are gone, then the round ends. Yep. Or when else does it end? Is it three stacks of three goods stacks are gone? Three stacks of goods are gone. That's it. I thought there was another. Oh, maybe if you run out of cards in the deck or something like that. I think that is it, Yeah, too. I think that's another one. And yep. then you play until. You play three rounds. Okay. And whoever has oh, yeah. the best two out of three wins. Yeah. Yep. So, like, yeah, there's a couple of them. Like, usually when you're doing your set collection, you're doing for the lesser goods, you're, you have you can put down two or more of the of a set, two cards or more of a set. And then the other goods you have to do, the most expensive goods, those are three or more. Even if there aren't three point or three point values to collect on it. The tokens, yep. yeah. The tokens. Yep. And then if you if you have three, four, or five um No, sets. I think it's four, five, or six. Really? Are you talking about those? Yeah, those I think little... it's four, five, or six. Okay, four yeah, you're right. Four, five, or six. Then they have these extra tokens that give you random amounts of points for the end of the game. And you keep all that stuff secret. So as you're going along, you know, you can kind of ch- keep track of like what people are taking as they kind of get their sets for the the regular goods, but then the extra tokens, like, you don't know until the end of the round. Yeah, I don't know if – I guess I've never looked at those until we finish the round. I always flip them over then. So you never look at them right away? No. Really? No. Nope. Interesting. I always nope. do. So it's always a secret to me or, like, a surprise to me yeah. when we're scoring, too. That's interesting because you think you'd want to keep track of that if you're trying to get the most points for that round. You nope. don't even bother. Nope. I don't keep track of any of the points. Hmm. I just... Interesting. Yeah. Huh. You do, huh? I do. Wow. I do. 
Well, but I even the ones that you get like the bonus four, five, or six. You look at those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always. Sure do. I don't. <laughs> nope, I totally don't. That's funny. I figure I I don't have all the control because you could sweep in or like what am I thinking of? You could just come right in and grab one of the colors I'm trying to collect to get points for them anyway. So I figure I'm going to just do what I can to collect as many points as I can and go from there. Mm-hmm. I never look at them. You should try playing next time without looking at them. All right. Them. Maybe, maybe that, it won't be so stressful. May, yeah, maybe that's a strategy that I use to win. Yeah, because he's not been winning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. We'll have to go to the BG stats to look. Ooh, do you want me to tell you what <clears throat> the score Oh, please. Was? Yes, please tell me. Please. Okay. I'm on pins and needles. Well, let me take a look. How many times did we play this? The nice part about BG Stats is that it keeps track of all your plays, your scores. You can take a picture of your game. You can add it. You can talk about where you played it. Um, if you play games that are more than just a two-player, you can add additional players to this and keep track of their scores, too. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice app. Yeah. Not sponsored by BG Stats, but we will give them a lot of free press. So I guess we didn't, well, we didn't, we might have played more plays of this um, this time around, but I only logged one. Oh, okay. And it looks like you scored 123 points. Mm-hmm. And I scored 169. Oh, I see. So probably the other ones weren't scored because I won them and they were, you know, you were embarrassed by them. So you didn't, <laughs> you didn't Pro- put them in there. Probably. Jeez. Probably. Not, not fair. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But this is, this is a game that I feel like whenever the people that play it really love it. I don't think I've ever heard anything negative about this game at all. I think we have a, a app on our iPad for it, too. We do. Yep. And that's and, always fun Which is really that. fun. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you can play against an AI and stuff like that. So if you don't have anybody else that uh, wants to play or that's available to play with you, you can play on the app. And I think I think it's a paid app, but yeah. I think we must have gotten it in a bundle or something Yeah, like I think that. we did one of the humble bundles. Yep. Not not a sponsor, but we'll give them some pre press. Man, we are just I know sponsoring everybody. Sure are. I like that you can play it locally with people instead of having to play it online all of the time. So I think that's cool that the app has that. All right, so I think that's enough for Jaipur. Uh, let's talk about the next one. Let's talk about one that uh, people are people talk about the original more than they talk about this two player game, and that's King Domino Duel. This is the roll and write that they came out with where you're basically doing kind of something similar to your uh, to your King Domino, except for you're actually doing the roll and write where you're actually rolling dice. You're marking spots on a on your kingdom. You're kind of using the two dice that you are the two dice that you end up taking as a player and putting it on your board and using it like a domino and kind of working off of that where the rules for the dominoes in King Domino are you have to have you have to match at least one adjacent tile with another one and they have to match up depending upon the land type. So if it's like a forest you have to make sure one, at least one forest is attached to that. And this game kind of brings some different things into it too where it's like you can do can I chime in? Sure, I'd love for you so, to. So you take the two die, like Kurt said, and you kind of put them together like they're a domino. Mm-hmm. 
So you don't have to match the what do they call them? They're um they're they're not landscapes in this one. They're the kingdom like the flags and not flags. Like banners or something? Yeah, but what is that? Why can't we think of words <laughs> today? But you don't have to match that, but you have to keep them together except for in this game they've incorporated after you complete a certain um, skill, if you're the first one to complete it, I think there's one special ability where you can actually split up those two die. So you can use this one die symbol like on one side of the board and the other one on the other side of the board. So it's kind of nice. So if you filled up your board kind of wonky, you're able to split those. Yeah. What are they called? So each die has a coat of arms. So kind of like what um, some countries have where you have a shield with certain symbols and stuff to represent like families or history and things like that. These have different symbols on each of the die that you put together to create the domino. So it could have like a checkerboard looking thing, could have stripes, mm -hmm. um, plus signs, I think. Maybe is one of them. Or yeah, I think like that. I think for this game, it's like one of them is like. Oh no, dots. Yeah, well, there's like one dot, two dot. One of them is like one line through it, and one's uh, two, two lines, lines through it. Checkerboard. Uh, one is yeah, it's kind of like checkered. It's like you sp it's split into four, and then yeah. uh, the there's some like diagonals that are filled in, and some that are not. But yeah, so you're kind of you're taking those and you're trying to, you know, match those up and trying to get those territories or whatever coat of arms kind of in the same uh connected in the same adjacent areas to right. score more points but then you also get these favors that you can do too and what are those the favors allow you to if you're the first one to collect i think to complete based on what's on the die because some of the dies have x's on them and if you collect enough x's on your game board that you log then you can use the spell mm -hmm. and like some of the spells will offer you to be able to split up your die or dice excuse me that you have to normally keep together to say hey i'm gonna have one die over on this side and i'm gonna have one on this side of my board to fill in the empty holes i think one of them is like re-rolling one of your die yep there's i think there's what, and, and six, replacing it? Six different spells that you can mm -hmm. utilize if you complete, but not, but each player can't use them. So whoever gets it first yep. is the one that gets to use it, yep. not both of you. Yep, that's right. So once your board is complete, then you're going to go through the scoring much like King Domino. Yep. With your number of territories or number of coat of arms coat of arms versus the number of x's that yep. um we were referencing on those on those die on those die yep and then you're going to be scoring everything yeah it's kind of like the x's are kind of like oh hey guess what you're going to be multiplying this by how many of these you have well, in the certain territories and, the, and in the king domino world what is on the original ones i can't crowns yep yep so these are X's, and mm -hmm. it makes sense for a roll and write, I guess, because you'd normally X that out. Yeah. So this is 
This one was King Domino Duel, if you haven't played that one. And this one is strictly a two-player roll and write. Yep, correct. By Blue Orange Games. And since we talked about the scoring for Jaipur, it's only fair to talk about this one, even though this one's devastating for me. We logged the play on BG stats for this one, and it looks like we only played this one once, but I probably was mad. So Kurt scored 124 points. Do you... Maybe you need to add some sound effects on my score on this one. Mm-hmm, sure. Because I only scored 63. <laughs> <laughs> so I scored half of what he did. Wow. Which is insane. It is. That's unusual. I must have played something wrong, or I don't know what the deal was. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, usually I mean, you're pretty good at, at knowing what the multipliers are and using those to their advantage. So I, I wonder what I happened think there. what was happening, if I remember when we played this, so you get to roll, what is it, four? Four dice. Four yep. dice. And so whoever rolls them gets first pick of one. And then the other person gets the a pick of one. A pick and of then, two oh, in a row, Well, actually. no, I, w- I was going to say that. Picks oh, one. gotcha, gotcha. And I'm then sorry. they get to go again, and then it goes back to the other person. Yep, yep. But I think what was happening is you would roll really good, or I would roll really good or something, and so I was trying to fool you, and it everything was helping you. <laughs> so I'd roll four good ones that would help both of us. So I was trying to think of what wouldn't help him well enough, but then when you'd roll... You wouldn't give me anything good. Yeah, that so, probably was part of it. Because I think I yeah. remember, like, the one coat of arms that I used a lot was the one with, the, like, two slashes in and that was diagonal. And that anything I, I was doing. Yeah, and I got a, a lot of them, and I think that's what scored me the most points on that. Yeah. So. so, it. I mean, it's kind of like drafting, I think. Yeah, it's a drafting. It's You're one, drafting the day. Yeah. You know, first player, mm-hmm. second, second, first player For again. Sure. For sure. And then you take turns going back and forth. Um, until no one can place any more, and then you score. Yeah, yeah. And just like any any of the King Domino games that I've played, this one's amazing. I, li- I pretty much like all of them. You know, I haven't I haven't had a problem with any King Domino game that I've played. We haven't played the Queen Domino, and I've heard that one's pretty fantastic. But I heard it's better than King Domino. Yeah, so maybe we'll have to play that but sometime too. We Yeah, because we've played King Domino, King Domino Duel, and... King Domino Origins. Origins. That's right. Mm-hmm. If you want to know about King Domino Origins, we actually have a review up on on the podcast. So if you want to go back and listen to that, mm-hmm. you can. All right. What's yep. the next one we're going to be talking about? Um, let's talk about Patchwork. Patchwork. Now, there's an oldie but goodie. I forgot how much how bad I am at this game, but how much I really still love it. I was just going to see when this game actually came out. Like forever ago, it feels like. Uh, no, it wasn't. Because we were trying to figure out games for one of our other challenges. And I'm just going to kind of spoil it. It came out in 2014 because I remember we decided we wanted to pick that year. No, for... We don't have to expand on yeah. the year. Well, go back. <laughs> go back. Go back and say it. But you don't have to expand yeah, on it. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I remember it was a challenge that we wanted to do uh, games from 2014, and that was on there. So it kind of met both of those challenges, the two-player and 2014. So, yeah, it was nice to get this back to the table. We actually bought this at our first Con of the North. 
I yep. remember because we couldn't find any tables to play, so we sat in these chairs by the hotel, and they had the tiniest little table, and we decided to try to learn it, and it was so nice because a guy actually came over, and he actually was like, do you guys want to play this? And we're like, no, we just bought it. And he's like, I'll teach you. Yeah, I, I think we got so it nice. for 10 bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, this game is always one that I, I really like getting to the table, even though I'm terrible at it, and even though the theme is something that I wouldn't normally think that I would like. But what are you doing in Patchwork? In Sorry, I was looking up BG stat, um, stats. <laughs> not a um, sponsor. <laughs> it is not. It is not, but I was distracted. So in Patchwork, you are trying to fill up your player board, which happens to be a quilt. And you're going around the, the surface area of your um, table or wherever you're playing. And they have different shapes, like Tetris-like shapes. And different point values and a certain number of buttons some of the, the pieces have on them. And you move this pawn... You can move it around, I think, up to two spaces, three spaces, excuse me, past where it's located, and um, use the points you have to collect this piece. So it's a polyomino game where you're collecting and then you're placing your whatever shape you got in your quilt, and you want to fill your player board to be able to try to fill up all the spaces and then as you place them, whatever points are on that piece that you collected, you're moving it on this other player board, basically. Because um, each player has a their quilt that they're putting their um, quilting pieces on. And then there's a scoring board. And yep. they're moving pieces, or you're, you're moving your player piece on there to score. So once you place your piece on your quilt, then you score. And then there's buttons, and every time you pass this little button icon, once you pass this little button icon, then you actually col uh, collect a button. And I think it's whoever is behind on the player board gets to go. And if you're still behind, then you get another turn because it's always kind of playing catch up for whoever is behind. And then on the player board also, or the scoring board, is also a square that's kind of it looks empty and whoever passes that first gets a one by one square to use to fill up their quilt also which is really helpful if you can't place your piece just right on your quilt mm -hmm. when you're trying to put it together yeah or sew your quilt yeah so and, to speak. and one thing that that hasn't been talked about yet is the fact that the buttons are basically your victory points mm -hmm. and kind of payment for doing certain things in the game so if you want to get a certain polyomino piece you actually have to pay the buttons to get it but you also pay what's called the time to move around that other oh yeah that other shared player board to get to the middle because once you get to the middle you your game is over so if you get there too fast and other people are still behind you, they can take as many turns as they want to get to that end path. So yep. you have to kind of be careful. It's a lot, it, it's, there's a lot of maneuvering. You also get negative points for um, the spots in your patchwork quilt that you miss, which makes sense because if, uh, if you have stuff missing in your quilt, it's just, I mean, it's, it looks weird. So why would you do that? 
Um, also, keeping in mind that if you don't have enough buttons to buy the pieces that are on the board, you can actually play kind of catch up by uh, taking your player piece, moving it directly in front of the pawn that is ahead of you, and then however many spaces you were behind to get to that spot, that's how many buttons you get. So you can actually get more pay more buttons to use as payment in the future to buy pieces. So what do you do if you're ahead? What do you mean, what do you do if you're ahead? So if you're on your like the scoring board, mm -hmm. and you're ahead of the other person, oh, you'd never be ahead of the other person. No. Because it's always... Yep, you would, yep. Yeah, it always shapes out. Okay, I was like, how would that work then? Because you can't really collect anything, but they have it all planned out. Yep. Yui has it all planned out. They got it all figured out. All of a sudden, I was like, as we were talking about it, I'm like, how does that work? But it, we've never run into that because it wouldn't be possible. Yeah, for sure. So, that's patchwork if you've never played it. And I think there there was another variation that we owned at one point. Mm-hmm. Of it, uh, Patchwork Express, mm -hmm. and it was so similar to this one that we actually passed it on. I believe. Yep, we did. I don't know if there's any other versions of this. Uh, there are there some. Yeah, there are some special editions of it, but I think just having this edition of Patchwork is probably the best one. I don't think we need any other versions, and it's just yeah, just fun to play. Are you dying to know what the scores were? I mean, we might as well. We've been. This is kind of a common theme. We've talked about it. Okay. So it looks like I have it logged a couple of times. So it looks like our first play of it was Kurt negative 13. Ooh, high score. Woo! Well, it says it's your personal best. Mm, probably. But that was the first time you played it that we've logged For it. this BG stats, yeah. And Tracy, 14. Nice. You got some positive points. And that was my top score. Very nice. Okay. And then we logged it again. Oh, hold your seats for this one. Kurt, negative 24. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't scored positive yet. Sweet. But your personal best was negative 13. Yes. And I scored a negative 9. Oh, so wow. we did so good. Did so well. With my personal best still being 14. Yeah. So you can win a game with negative points, which is kind of sad and yet interesting at the same time. But still uh, a great game. Yes. Still a great game. All right. So the next one in our list is The Fox in the Forest by Renegade Game Studios. This is a trick-taking game where both players get 13 cards. Uh, the cards are, are numbered from anywhere from 1 to 11. Each odd card has special abilities, while the even ones do not. And then you're going back and forth and trying to take tricks, but there's also some special abilities on those cards that help kind of get the game... Move the game in different Move the game around, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, like, like number five is you once you play that card, you can actually take a card out of your hand putting on the bottom of this deck. So you're not going to have all the cards. There's going to be a deck of cards. I think it's seven cards. Yep, that are there. And then there's also a uh, trump card that's next to that. That's the trump card for the round unless you change it. And uh, so like the five one, like I was saying, you put, after you play the five, you actually take a card out of your hand, put it underneath the deck, and draw a card for your hand. 
another one is like the se- there's like a seven card. If you play that one, you for every seven that's in that trick, uh, you get a point. The point the winner gets a point. So if there's two sevens, you get two points. If there's one seven, you get one point. What o- what other cards are there? Uh, if you play the eleven, which is the highest card. Mm-hmm. You're forcing the other player to either play the one of that same suit or the their highest card of that suit. Yeah, which I think is kind of interesting because, you know, it, it forces them to play a one, which is kind of weird because I don't know what, why you'd want them to play a one in the first place. But then if you don't, then you play in a high card, which gets rid of their high cards to help them get tricks, which is cool. So then I'll go to the one, the one, go ahead. Oh, oh, but that well, I wasn't finished explaining that oh, one. Oh, okay. Because if they play, I think if they play the one then, then they automatically start the next, they start the next trick. Yep. Because usually. Or not start the next trick, but start the next hand. Yeah, it's the next trick. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the next So trick. like normally if you win a trick, you're playing it once, you, once you've won it, but with the number one, it switches it up where the other person gets to play. Do you do that? If they play the high, if they play the highest card in their hand, do they get to start the next turn? No, nope, that's the only one, for right? the one. Yep, yep. correct. Okay. Yep, couldn't remember. Yep, and so there's a lot of different things that kind of uh, get the uh, that keep the game kind of going along and stuff like that. Like you can, I think the three is you can actually swap out a card in your hand with the card that's Trump out there, so you can switch out Trumps and stuff like that, and then. Once you're you once you're done with the end of the round, you actually do scoring. Yep. There's a table on the back of the reference card that talks to you about how to score the number of tricks that you have collected. So mm-hmm. it's not your standard like, hey, I've collected six tricks, I'm gonna get six points. Mm-hmm. There's like a chart. So it says like if you've collected five tricks, you get X number of points, which could be only one point or something yeah. like that. If you collect six tricks, could be two points. No, I think if you collect six, it's three points. So seven through nine gets you like six points, I believe. And then 10 and up would actually get you zero points. Yeah. And then what they do on the chart is give them different names. So they talk about, I think, whether you're being greedy or... I don't know, timid or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. And they kind of give different names. So then the each of the players um, tallies up their points for that round. And then whoever gets to 21 first is the winner. Mm-hmm. So you'll find a lot of, you know, hey, I collected six tricks this time. I collected seven this time. So then one person gets three points, one person gets six. They might have collected additional points throughout the game for – if they played a card with a seven on it and won the trick because seven gets you an extra point, stuff like that, and then you play till 21. Yeah, and I kind of like this game too because, it, you know, of the whole, like, depending upon how many tricks you can get, you know, you get more points or less points and stuff like that. Um, it kind of reminds me of, like, the the uh, card, the regular card game of hearts, like, you can try to run the table where you can get all the hearts and if you and the queen of spades, which is technically a heart, which is interesting to me. It's just kind of weird. But 
And if you do that, then you get like a bunch of points where if you don't, you get none of the points kind of thing. This one is kind of opposite almost where it's like if you get everything, then you get no points. And then if you get some of the things, then you're actually going to get better points. Which I feel like I remember when we first got this game, I forgot about the chart on the backside. Mm. And I think you pushed me into getting all the tricks and then I got zero points. (laughs) And I was like, yes, I did so awesome you know, this, that, whatever. And then you're like, you got zero points. And I went, what? So this time as we were playing, I could tell Kurt was trying to push the tricks to me. And I was like, uh, uh. <laughs> and so I was, I kept pushing them back to him. And cause I thought you're not going to run the table on me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I could just tell he was trying to, he was trying to get me back. I was, but it didn't work. Also totally random, but I was just looking and I didn't realize this game up came out in 2017. Where does time go? I know, right? Jeez. Anyway, that was my random miscellaneous thought. Mm-hmm. So, um, anything we missed on talking about that one? It's kind of a short so. and sweet one. Yeah, um, for sure. On to scoring for this one, Kurt scored 19 and I scored 26. Yeah. So you were really close to scoring twenty one, which is weird because I felt like I was not doing as good as you were, and then you, and then I end up being closer than I thought, which is good. But I'll, I was like the whole time I'm like, I am not doing good. I don't like this. Oh yeah, he was kind of getting a little bit sassy. I was getting a little sassy. Yes. He was getting sassy, molassy. I was. All right, so now we're gonna talk about the last game. In our two-player game talk for this first part one of our two-player games. And I actually think by far this is either my favorite two-player game or it's going to be tied with another game we're going to talk about next time. Uh, this game is really? Targy. Look at me, really? <laughs> yep. You're even in suspense and I love it. Uh, no, I was just trying to think of what uh, what's the other one. But okay, yeah. I think I figured it out. Um, and this is a game by Cosmos Games, two-player game. Talk about another game that's been out for a long time. It's from 2012. Wow. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I actually think this was picked up by Cosmos after, oh, who is it? Like Pegasus Feel or something like that had it to begin with, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or Z-Man. I don't know. Anyway, doesn't matter. But it will withstand the test of time. It will. It is. This is a great game. So in Tarji, you're going to take your game pieces that you have, um, which each player gets three, and those are called Tarjis, hence the name Tarji. And you're going to take your players and you're going to place them strategically on this makeshift board so it's not a a basic game board that you'd have where you just open it up and place it on the table it's made up of cards that are ever changing in the center so the game board in the center is a grid that's a five by five grid and on the outer edge is all of these different cards that stay the same um, throughout each of your plays of this game but in the center are different things Um, that can change and then they rotate as um, players collect them so it can be locations I don't know what else you would call them and I think that's okay that we call them locations yeah I'm cool with that that they that they can collect um, locations 
you can you can get different resources because you're using those resources yep. to get those locations. But then once you collect them, then you swap out the cards in the center for the opposite type of. So if you collect a a location, I'm putting it in quotes, then you swap it out for the resource and vice versa. So you're always you're not ever putting a location in the same spot as a location right away. You're putting a, the opposite card there. But basically what you're doing is you're taking your Tarji and you're placing them around on this grid um, around the outer edge because you want your Tarji to meet in the middle, so to speak, or to, to meet at a coordinate to collect whatever type of um, item or um, location is there. Yeah. However... There is a robber that circles around the outer edge of these cards. And so whatever place he is on, you cannot go. Yeah. And also you can't go on the same card as where someone else is. Also, you can't be directly across from where one of their Tarji are. Yes. So you place your Tarji. You'll want to think about it because if you place your Tarji across from each other, then you're, you can't meet. There's no coordinate to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, you can place them across from each other if you want, but there's really no coordinate until you place your third Tarji, if possible, and then you're only going to be able to collect um, that middle item um, when they all meet together. But you're also collecting or um, taking the action of whatever card you're placing on the outer edge also. So on the outer edges, just a couple examples would be, I want to collect one of this resource, which is salt. Mm -hmm. Um, There's another one where it's called a, I can't remember what it's called. It starts with an F. And you can place it there, meaning that wherever your Tarjis meet, you have the ability to move that Tarji to another spot if you want later. Yeah, I think it's those those round pawns that are in the middle that, yeah, you get to re, re-put that one resource or whatever that thing, not a resource, but that little circular pawn, you can put it wherever else you want to after the fact. What round pond? Those round circle ponds that go in the middle after the Targis have been set out. Is that what you, the one you're talking about? Um, it's oh, I can't remember what that one's called. I can't think of the round ones. Round pond. Yeah, because pond. as soon as you put your Targis on the board, oh yeah, yeah wherever yeah, they yeah. meet up, you're putting those circular yes. yep. things there. Yeah. So then. Yeah. So if you don't like the one that that met the the um, coordinate. Then you can move your pawn to something else. Yep. Let's say you don't meet the criteria to actually um, to um, pick up that location or yep. whatever that is. Um, then and by meeting the qualification or the whatever it is for that location mm-hmm. would be you might need like two salt and three of this resource and four of that one and a gold or something like that before you can collect that. Mm-hmm. And then you actually um, can place it as long as you have a, your Tarji on a certain spot on the outer edge. And a noble? 
I believe. Mm -hmm. And then you can place your card. And placing your card would be on the three by four grid that you're basically making up. That's your player board in front of you. Your player board in front of you is used for different types of scoring. So um, in each of the rows, if you have the same type of destination or location, then you're scoring um, more points than if you have a whole lot of miscellaneous ones. So they have like palm trees on them and they have camels, things like that. So I think if you have one of each of those types, you score a certain amount of points. If you have all palm trees, you score more points. But then you have a chance to try to collect them and place them wherever you want throughout the game. Is that correct? Uh, I think you have to, you always have to start on the left side of oh, your player yeah. board and go to the right. But I think there but, are some player cards that have certain abilities that kind of, you can actually kind of manipulate that as you go. But you don't, and what I meant, good call. Um, but what I meant was you don't have to finish the whole first row before Correct. you go to the second and yep. before you go to the third. Yep. You can always place a card in any of those rows. You just, when you put in that role, you always have to start at the yes. leftmost space. And some of those cards also have special abilities that will help you throughout the game. So I think I had one at one point that talked to me about um, I can place cards right in to my player um, area or whatever without placing a Tarji in on the noble for placement, oh, gotcha. which was really, really nice. Or sometimes you can have one less resource to be able to place or collect one of those items. Yeah. There's which is a, really nice too. Yeah. There's just a lot going on with this game to help with like scoring, manipulation of your Tarji, manipulation of those little round uh, tokens where the Tarji meet and so forth. And there's just, there's just a lot going on here. So then the end of the game is either when the robber goes around the whole board and ends up in that 16th spot or when one player has filled in all 12 spots of their player board, then you finish out that current round, and then whoever has the most points, depending upon those points that we talked about with, like, you know, either having the same destinations or different ones. I think you can and coins earn and other stuff points like that along too. the way. Because there's, there's other things around the game board, like the set game board, that will allow you to do other things too. Yep. And plus, it's like, like, like I was uh, saying, like your coins, and depending upon how many coins you have and how many um, resources you have at the end of the game, you'll get so many points for that. And then whoever has the most points there is the winner. But yeah, this is one of those games that I feel like you could play like 30 times and still not play the same game and still not get sick of it. It's just one of those that I remember early on when we first started kind of having the podcast like i would hear about it and people are like it just you gotta play this game and for a while it wasn't available because it kind of it was kind of uh dead after a while like one company had it it wasn't available for a little bit and then cosmos grabbed it and reprinted it and uh you know it's one of those that i was kind of like oh i really like to play this again on the table and now that we finally have like it's one of those games that i just i can't highly recommend enough it's just it's a lot of fun. It's just so much you can do. It's and you can almost do some even some like take that 
against the other player and stuff like that. It just has a lot going on for it, Mm -hmm. and I really love it. It's interesting to try to explain it because there's so much going on. Yes. For like a small box, I think it packs way more of a punch than some of the big box games. Yes, yep. Do, and they also have an expansion mm-hmm. to this game, too. Which we have, and I don't even think we've even played yet, which we need to get to yeah, the table. Yeah, I'm not really sure. But, yeah, I I apologize for probably not explaining it with the right terminology and missing pieces of it, but it's like, it. there's so much going on in it, but in a good way. Yeah. So, I don't think I'd want, I don't think there's anything in it that I don't like. But we could spend easily an hour talking about the game. Yeah, definitely. If we did like a full, yeah, full on review of it or what, of it. yeah, or like a spotlight, which we yep. may in the future. But yeah, but yeah, and then we'd have the right terminology. <laughs> That's okay. I think everybody's kind of got the gist of it. Yep. Um, I played this with uh, John Haremza, friend of the show, part of the Legends of Tabletop Network. And when we played it, it you know it kind of caught him, and he was like, "Well, I I think I need to get this game," and he ended up getting it, which um, is cool. It's also on. Didn't we play it on Board Game Arena? Yep, it's on Board Game Arena. Also, um, we did not log our plays on BG Stats for what? Board Game Arena. I don't believe. Boo. However, they arranged it on Board Game Arena was so fantastic, and the I don't know. I guess it was just so enjoyable that we had to play it at least back-to-back twice, yeah. if not three times. And sometimes I think on Tabletop Simulator, things are so painful mm-hmm. that when we played this game on there, we were like, boom, let's play it again. Boom, let's play it again. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, two or three times. Yeah. But we did play it. We did get it to the table with a physical copy too. Yep. And I did track it for that. And Kurt came back with 31, and I came back with 29. Whoa. Holy moly. Really close. I think I might have won at least one on Board Game Arena. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you did. I don't know. It doesn't matter. That one was a really close game. Yeah, Holy crap. For sure. Yeah. But, that, again, it's just another awesome yes. two-player game. So, yeah, what are some two-player games that you have played that you really, really enjoy and that you would uh, suggest for anybody. Let us know. Strictly two player. Strictly two player. Not one, not three, not more. Yeah. So we have, so that's the first half. Mm -hmm. And so there's the second half that will be coming with the other ones once we play them. For sure. We have to get get some good gameage in before we can talk about them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, until then, I'm Kurt. And I'm Tracy. (laughs) And this was... The MFG cast. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.